You're listening to the Binge Media Podcast Network on BingeMedia.net. And now, a TV Roundup Commentary. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Binge Media's TV Roundup Commentaries for Better Call Saul. We're in the final season, it's season six. I'm your host, Alex, and I'm here with my Better Call Saul bud, Jack Valley. What's up? Yo, yo, yo. How's it going? Well, I'm. it's, it's nice to have something familiar back. Cons- something consistent, something regular, dive yeah. into... We know it's happening every week. Although, I was looking at the scheduling for this earlier today, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't put it together because, as you know, I, I I put it in my calendar, and I just said, okay, it starts here and the finale's here. Yeah. It didn't occur to me at all that the entire month of June into, like, the first week of July, they take a five-week hiatus. <sighs> so, it's a pain in the ass. But, uh, yeah, so there will be uh, a gap, obviously, but uh, I think we'll we'll keep up with, uh, with most of it, so... As long as it's not like a year or something like that. Five weeks you could do. Give yourself a little break. Build up the anticipation, yeah. I guess. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. And, uh, man, I have some thoughts. I have some uh, an interesting conversation that happened a little while back that I want to get into. So mm-hmm. uh, this, the, the timing of this episode coming out is actually pretty damn good. So. I'm also excited because we are going to be having guests on this commentary. So we're going to invite a few different people in that... I mean, if you followed our commentaries for this show over the last couple of years, you know we've had some, I don't know, what, what do you call it? Uh, you know, we, we weren't... Featured, yeah, featured yeah. guests, featured presentation people. Uh, it's We've mixed it up a bit. And I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think we've done every season of this show. I think you're I'm right. I'm pretty sure yeah. we've been here from the beginning, which is, which is pretty... Uh, it's pretty great. I mean, I don't know a ton of series where we as a site have covered the show from season one all the way to, to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty uh, pretty cool. Cool to be a part of. Absolutely. Absolutely. But like, uh, what I was going to say was we've had some conflicting feelings about this show. You know, mm-hmm. we've, never, we've never been super high on it. We've, we've noted how much we love the Salamancas. We... Love Nacho, but some of the story beats, you know, we've had issues with. But, um, you know, some of our future guests are, you know, big fans of Better Call Saul. And in a lot of ways, they've mentioned that they preferred over Breaking Bad. And, you know, we've had our opinions on that in the past. Yep, absolutely. So before we get started, I want to tell everybody to go to manscaped.com and pick up some equipment. For your balls, you know, mm. you're a little, little straggly, a little hairy, a little smelly. Um, shave them, throw some ball deodorant on there. And while you're checking out, use the code BINGE20 for 20% off your entire order. Mm. All right. Also, we are going to be doing in this episode or in this TV Roundup commentary, we're going to be doing the, the two episodes, the first two episodes of this season. Um, mm. It was released that way. Uh, so we felt like... Let's let's start off with a bang. Let's start off with a big chunky Better Call Saul nugget, yeah, yeah. and uh, do 
commentaries for both episodes. So why don't we start with the first episode? We are queued up on our file about 60 seconds in. It's after the previously on clips and fading to black. We're on a black screen and we're about to fade into the episode itself. In the countdown, three, two, one, and then on go, we'll all hit play and watch the first episode of the final season of Better Call Saul. Mm. Here we go. Mm. Three, two, one, and go. All right. Um, okay, right out the gate, first thing I was reminded of, God damn, is it nice to have a good cinematographer for a modern show, right? I mean, yeah. it's a lot of shows. We're getting hit with a lot of stuff, inundated with a lot of things. And, uh, man, that Vince Gilligan touch, it, it's, it's here, it's noticeable right away. Uh, and uh, we've talked a lot about suits and ties in this show. It's just a great, great little uh, vignette to open up to, a bunch of ties falling. Uh, I'm loving it. And look I'm at this, it. all different styles. There's something for you in there, there's something for me in there. You know, we yeah. don't always agree on our ties in our uh, tie year, sure. but sure. there's some good stuff in there. Now... What is it with people who get obscenely wealthy and they just have the fucking shittiest taste? Like, look how gaudy all this shit is. I don't. Okay, so so let's just. I, I'm going to be honest with you. There's yeah. a couple things here. If I had money, yeah, I'd totally do it. Uh, oh, uh, sure. Gold but look toilet. at all these gold plated. I'm doing fixtures. the gold toilet, dude. You're doing the gold toilet. You fucking <laughs> of course. Bitch. You have to though. That's the thing. Like, then you're the guy with the gold toilet. Like, you can brag <laughs> about that anywhere. You've immediately got a dinner party item to talk about. Yeah. And it's it's perfect, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, the fucking I don't, I don't know, like ancient Roman the sconces, gold trim everywhere. You know, swirled bullshit. It's it's not for me. Uh, I don't know who it is for, other than you know, dirt bags and uh, well, Saul Goodman. So yeah. Look at all this shit. Need a safe room. Yeah. Now that would be nice. Nice storage room off mm-hmm. the uh, the main walk-in closet. I, I could get into that, but but yeah. So okay. So before we start getting into things, mm-hmm. I was at uh, you know now, a uh, little bit real, of real uh, quick. Why are they going to put my boy out on fucking Front Street I, with this Viagra? Come I know, on, dude. I know. It's give it a break. God. But uh, so I'm at I'm at uh, Brewery Trivia a couple weeks ago. And, you know, we're sitting there in between rounds, we're bullshitting, and uh, I'm there with some work work buddies and a couple of their wives, and the conversation turns to Better Call Saul, because, they, you know, they're sitting there, they're like, oh man, can't wait for the next season of Better Call Saul, it's coming out soon, and uh, one of them says, yeah, oh, you know, we, we just finished season five, and then another one says, yeah, it's better than Breaking Bad, it's incredible, and, and, mm-hmm. and the, the general consensus around the table was... It's better than Breaking Bad. And I sat there and I, I, w- I was just kind of surprised once again that that conversation's coming up. Like, I, I don't... I, 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 I'm I amazed. I'm amazed that that is such a popular uh, opinion of this show. That yeah. this is better than Breaking Bad. Like, Breaking Bad, we've said it before. It, it's it's an all-time favorite. It might be my number one favorite show mm-hmm. ever. Um, it is for a lot of people. It, it's... It's I I like I really like this show. Like to love this show most of the time, mm-hmm. and the last season did a lot, a lot for me to to reinforce that. After what I thought was you know maybe an okay seasons three and four. Yeah, totally, totally. All that being said, though, I 
I still don't understand. Like, no matter what happens, this is a prequel, okay? We're going to talk about it in the next episode, but there's a moment where a character is in danger. You you think, Mm -hmm. but then, like, the moment that you remember it's a prequel, you just know, oh, okay, well, well, he's fine. So the tension of a scene where a gun is pulled on someone that we know is in Breaking Bad, it's kind of just, eh, you know? It doesn't have any weight. It, it it takes away tension that should be there otherwise. And that that's that is the problem for me with this show. Mm. Um and and it's not really a knock on the quality of the show or the storytelling. It's just the mere fact that it's a prequel, it's I'm always gonna have that problem. Always. But one thing I heard about the the people that do like Saw more than Breaking Bad is that Breaking Bad's too intense. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, hmm. all right, it's well, okay. I guess uh, it's just the difference between us. So. Yeah, I guess so. I can't. I don't understand why that would be a negative thing, but yeah. It's a nice okay, so this. Correct me if I'm wrong. So that is the top to one of the tequila bottles, right? Correct. Okay. So would that indicate that Kim, like, lived with him as Saul at some point? Maybe, yeah. Because I was thinking about the significance of it, too, other than, hey, remember this? Because there are some kind of forced member berries in these first two couple episodes, which, you know, they were very subtle about it before. So it kind of, like, Mm -hmm. rubbed me the wrong way. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not sure what to say about that. Because it could be just a gift that she gave him, a little parting gift. Mm. You know, it could be yeah. a number of things. But to go back to your point about, you know, the first thing that you mentioned about Gilligan, I I gotta totally agree with you too. It's like you don't know that you miss Gilligan until you watch one of these episodes, and you're just like, oh, God. yeah. I mean, from the cinematography to like a couple of the Dutch angle shots, just the, the creativity of his cinematography is awesome. And of course accompanied with just amazing, an amazing score. Just a yeah. fucking, uh, I can't wait till they go to for episode two. I'll just say that. Yeah. Yeah. His, his style and the color palette that he, he uses and, and I don't I don't know if it's it's just him. It, obviously, it's collaboration with the cinematographer yeah, yeah, and the yeah. directors of the episode and all that stuff. But you know, he's he's the main creative force here. And yeah, it, the fact that it, it you know it again looks the way that it does. Yeah, it just reminds you of how how great television can be. It doesn't all have to be just mass produced. Get eight episodes out, you know, so that we can get people to binge, sign up for a subscription, burn through the next season. This is like high, high quality, and mm-hmm. uh, it's good to see again. But... So they were off what, maybe two years, year and a half. Something and it was pushed like back that, because yeah. Odenkirk had a heart attack, I think, or he had some. I'm pretty sure it was a heart attack. Yeah, I think there was part of that. So I'm trying to remember the timeline now. I think we got last season, and then during the interviews for last season Odenkirk alluded to the fact that they had made uh, El Camino mm-hmm. and then that came out and that was kind of meh um, 
Yeah. Or maybe I'm th- maybe it was two seasons ago when that happened. In any case, I remember that was a big surprise. And then obviously, like, you know, COVID pushes everything back, the heart attack situation. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it feels like it's been a long time. But I will say, last season, especially the whole Nacho performance from this guy's uh, Michael Mando, is his mm-hmm. name. Yep. Um, he has, I, I think, as the seasons have gone on, gotten even better. Um, yeah, I think he's great. really good in these first two episodes. Yeah, absolutely. He has a way, something that I noticed, but he has a way of, and I noticed this throughout his performance over the seasons is that he's really good at keeping, trying to keep composure and like keep his shit together, but just blowing up on the inside. And I think this is probably, I mean, obviously the most out of sorts that we've seen him throughout the entire series. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, he's totally on edge. He's completely out of any kind of control out of, out of his element. Last season, it was the whole balancing act of, like, you know, Gus wants him to take out Lalo, mm-hmm. and he's got to play that very cool, so you get a very tense performance from him. I think that, I'm trying to remember the exact circumstances of the situation, but I remember that Gus, they, they burned down one of the Los Poyos Hermanos locations to cover up the fact that Nacho wasn't in, was on Gus's payroll. I just can't remember the yeah. context for it, but, mm-hmm. um, but there was a lot of like, you know, Nacho is standing in the same room as Lalo and he's trying to not break or like trying to not give over yeah. information that he has. Um, I don't know. It just, it seems like this season already, they've kind of even ramped that up by putting him in a situation that, uh, he, he can't easily get himself out of, which is, which is good stuff. And then, of course, Lalo, uh, fan favorite. (laughs) That dude could talk me into robbing a bank. (laughs) You know know what? what? (laughs) It's honestly, it's it's him. Like, it's not just this character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This guy, I can't remember his name. It's Tony something. I think Tony Dalton. He popped up in the Hawkeye series, and immediately I was like, "Ah, Lalo, Mm -hmm. cool," and. I ended up liking the Hawkeye series, mm-hmm. so I'm going to go ahead and attribute it to uh, Lalo being in Hawkeye. So. <laughs> we got there some. Got get some conchas. Fucking delicious! Oh, very nice. Have you had those? I I, uh, I think I have. It's so good, Mexican sweet bread. Oh, really maybe, good quality. Maybe not. Okay. Okay. I've had uh, a different, uh, different nationality, of course, but had uh, Portuguese sweetbread French toast not too long ago. That was holy shit. That was good. What's the difference there? Um, by a Portuguese? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. One of my aunts is uh, from Portugal, so nice old country, but. <clears throat> Yeah, very solid. Very solid performance here. So um, we were talking about going over maybe a little bit of a recap from last season. Yeah. So yeah. I looked up a couple articles that concatenated things because I didn't have enough time to go back and watch some episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of 
couple of things that I, you know, obviously the intro touches on a bit, but you know, so Kim deciding to uh, branch out on her own and she's sort of like, she's sort of uh, dipping into the solness of everything, like a little bit morally gray now. Um, and that started after, I think like, didn't she get into a car accident or something like that? Yeah, like the so, sandpiper stuff was too much for her. I think. Well, that was a problem, and then she wanted to go back to pro bono work, right. which seemed to make her happier. Yep. Um, and then, you know, she she was talking about the like getting the payout from the sandpiper case, mm-hmm. moving that up a little bit. I think around the same time she had gotten wind of uh, Jimmy's earnings from defending Lalo in court. And then also like mm-hmm. the coffee mug with the bullet hole in it. And mm-hmm. that, I, I think that kind of made her, made her think that like, Oh, um, maybe we could, you know, maybe I could get in on a little bit of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of plays into what happened soon, but, um, but yeah, more moral like ambiguity more so than previous seasons with her. So kind of interesting. <clears throat> I feel very called out in these first two episodes too, because there's a couple of <laughs> loud chewing Kim scenes <laughs> that fucking drive me crazy. Like, I don't know why. Like, as a viewer, do they think, well, they're not eating, so this isn't realistic. Like, why do people, why do they fucking have to eat on camera? It drives me nuts. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. There was, I do remember there was one moment in one of these episodes. Where I thought, huh? I bet you, Alex, hate this scene because <laughs> yep. she says something, and it's like she's not chewing, but she says something, and, and it's like, open your fucking mouth when you speak, goddammit. it! Like, yeah, she's still mm-hmm. not doing it, right? Somewhere in here, but yeah, let me see. I think it's so the next, other thing. I... I think it's next episode. Oh. She's eating a fucking bowl of cereal and talking at the same time, and I'm just like, fuck off, <laughs> Jesus. Wait, don't get down with the Honey Nut Cheerios? Come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the other thing that uh, these episodes kind of get into as well from the end of last season was like the, uh, not fundamental, um, the ideological difference between how Mike and Gus want to approach the Nacho situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like Mike is looking at it as, you know, if he's going to soldier, then him and his father should be taken care of, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to do what he's asked. If he does it, you owe him that respect. And Gus is on the other side of it, and he's just saying, look, it's bad for business. It's riskier to keep this guy alive and try and hide him, right? So mm-hmm. I want to use him as a pawn and get him out of the picture, and let's just let's just sever all ties, right? Um, they both have good arguments, obviously. by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing I like about it. It's conflict that's born out of character motivations exactly. that have been there mm-hmm. from the beginning of these characters, which is great. Yeah, where like Mike's about loyalty, and then of course Gus is about covering his tracks. It's like, right. okay, Lalo's still alive. They know it's Nacho. They can tie it to me. So why don't we exactly. just fucking wash our hands of Nacho, and then we don't have to worry about it. Right. Which they're both totally right. 
Yeah, it's just a sign of solid writing. You get people mm-hmm. in a room who pay, are paying attention to the story that they're telling from the beginning. It's just Absolutely. really great. It's funny, I officially tapped out of a show that I had been kind of hanging on to for, throughout the first season and a little bit of the second one, but mm-hmm. this is totally off your radar, but Star Trek Picard. And um, By the way, look at this it, shot. It, this fucking shot, dude. Look at so how fucking... I, you can see the ridges in his fingerprints. It's amazing. And it's dude, slow zoom I was trying to... Okay, I was trying to figure out how they kept the ant there mm-hmm. or if they just got lucky and the ant was there. So they just got the shot really quickly. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, I don't know. There's a little bit of dry sugar water it on his finger. Could or something be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't figure it out, but uh, amazing shot. Yeah. But um, no, so the Picard thing. So it's, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a classic example of the polar opposite of what Vince Gilligan does. I won't get into all the details because it's just too complicated, but Mm. it's a show that is supposed to be a continuation of Star Trek The Next Generation. Okay. And it's just glaringly obvious that nobody writing Picard watched Star Trek The Next Generation because they're, they, they just, they introduce stuff that isn't part of, of like the decisions that these characters made in that other series. So it feels like totally different people and it just, it kills it. You know, it's not worth, uh, it's not worth your time at that point. Something like this, you get a, a, you know, a showrunner and a team of writers who are dedicated to being consistent with their vision. And uh, I think you reap the benefits of it. And it's just amazing to me that you take one of the biggest fan bases that have been around for 50 fucking years and you hire like you hire people that don't know the character, don't know the universe, don't know the world. That's fucking bizarre. That, so, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a tangent for a second here. Okay, so without uh, how do I explain this? Okay, so so Whoopi Goldberg is in Star Trek: Next Generation and Deep Space Nine mm-hmm. as this character who as, she's like an alien race that doesn't age. Okay, so she has been around for, I don't know, 500, 700 years, whatever it is, right? Fucking feels like that in real life. There you go. She knows Picard going way back, okay? In fact, she knows him so far back that in an episode where they time-traveled into the, uh, like, the, the, the antebellum south, she was there. Like, they met there, oh, okay? Wow. There's a... There's a there's a there's a, a plot line in this season, and this is spoilers for anybody who gives a fuck about Picard, I guess. But so she's Whoopi's in the first episode of this season, and she meets Picard, and they have a conversation. Couple episodes later, somehow Picard and his crew are magically swept into a a past of an alternate reality, right? For some reason. Whoopi Goldberg's character is named Guinan, okay? Mm-hmm. They meet her in 2024, and she looks completely different than Whoopi Goldberg. No mm-hmm. explanation, no um, no uh, logic behind the fact that in 2024 she should know Picard, but somehow doesn't, even though this like divergent timeline thing happens in 2024. So, you know, if they met in the Deep South way back when... They should know each other. It's all, but it's just, it's an, it's a, it's a good example of what happens when you don't, you don't plan things out. You don't get a writer's room full of people who actually want to be there. who are paying attention, who want to serve the fan base on some level, you know? Who's that down to? You think you think it's down to the showrunner? 
I like, think it's, it's a pick it's, competent writing staff and whatnot. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. I think it is. I mean, maybe Star Trek, there's more of a studio mandate kind of thing going on, but, mm. um, you know, the show is so dedicated to like social justice messages in every episode that I just think they've completely lost the plot. So, mm-hmm. oh, well, well, I, I don't know shit about Star Trek, so maybe this isn't true, but like, it, isn't that a part of, especially like the TV series over the years, like just different races mm. of creatures, different species and things like that. Sure. Doesn't that kind of thing like naturally come up anyway? Where you it, don't it have does. to shoehorn it in? It does. And somehow this writing staff has like completely forgotten that. Mm-hmm. And it's funny we're talking about Star Trek. But instead of going to, you know, uh, two alien races that are in conflict and dealing with like an interesting um, philosophical debate on how to approach it, given the fact that Starfleet doesn't want to directly interfere with any alien race. Instead, they decide to write a plot where the characters go to 2024, I guess to save the budget, and, uh, like, just deal with Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just it's just <laughs> bad. It's just bad. It's just stupid, you know? This is a sci-fi show. What are we doing here? But I digress. Well, I, there's definitely allegories to be made in like sci-fi and fantasy. Obviously, you know that, but like, of course, of course, you know, when, when that kind of thing comes up, it's just so fucking transparent that they're putting their thumb on the, on the scale and you can totally yeah, see it's it. Lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Totally lazy. Mm-hmm. But back to uh better call Saul here. Um, you know, I think, uh, maybe, maybe take him for granted a little bit, but, uh, Gustavo, mm-hmm. uh, it, one of my all-time favorite characters. He just is. Incredible. Uh, love the guy's demeanor. Love even the way he pronounces words. Mm-hmm. Um, the sort of, I don't want to say cool, calm, collected, but more, more like cold, cold collected. You know, he's, he's very precise. Um, good to have him back on TV as well. Absolutely. And Mike, of just course. One of the, fucking, one of the fucking best characters ever. One of the best villains, TV villains of all time, I think. And yeah. it, what I really like about it, too, and I hope they don't spoil it this final season, there's still a lot of mystery of his background and, like, where he came from in Chile and everything. Well, I'm sure that you saw this come out in the last week or two, but um, so everybody that's on, <laughs> on this show, Bob Odenkirk, Vince Gilligan, literally everybody has said in interviews, oh, you know, can't wait till you see... Walter and Jesse this season, they're you're gonna you're not yeah, gonna expect yeah. where they're coming in. It's like okay guys. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it's good. Oh, in episode two, there's a really he, Odin Kirk goes into a really great Chicago accent. Just off the cuff. It's fucking fantastic. Oh shit. I didn't pick up on that at all. Where he's going through like the script with Kim. While she's eating fucking oh yeah okay honey bunch okay. of oats and shit mm. with a shovel full <laughs> she's fantastic our trolley got her gotta have that on TV or something Germany Germany can you get a hold can you punch me a spawn please your client is just here and I'm not waiting six weeks to start looking for 
This so, is cl- uh, classic yeah, fucking uh, turn, turning the tables, Jimmy, right here. Or Saul. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, but AMC has already signed on with Bob Odenkirk to produce a uh, another series. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there are many details about what it is, but um, I know Odenkirk had said in an interview that he was excited to work on something that was... You know, not not going to be Saul, not in that world, something a little different. I think he said it was going to be a little bit lighter, too, so it might be more oh, of good. a comedy. Good. But. The, the fucking Bob and Dave series they did, what, a few years ago? Yeah. It was yeah. fucking great, man. That shit was hilarious. Netflix. Yeah, man. O- o- the shit. I don't know if I like that tie with that sport coat. It's a little dark. Well, the patterns are different. It's a big thing. For yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least he's got a fucking normal collar. I like fucking HH over there. Well, HH has got to flaunt it. But again, I will, I'll, I'll, if I've said it once, I'll say it again. There, there are occasions for that collar. Not day to day, but, you know. So one thing they did not do at the start of this season, um, it was actually, it was a little bit of a fake out. So the, the, um, the tie is falling the yeah. first, I don't know, five, 10 seconds of them falling, they're black and white. Black so and you white. kind of assume, mm-hmm. you know, fast forward, we're in, we're in black and white world. El Camino, you get it? Uh, and you really got to stop then, there uh, too. So we can really drive it home. Well, you gotta. You movie. You know, like the car, like uh, like the Netflix, uh, you know. But uh, oh shit! I totally lost my train of thought. We talked about the ties; they're in black and white first. Oh yeah, so yeah, then it transitions to color, and it mm-hmm. uh, it did not show us post. Uh, well, what we think is post Breaking Bad, Jimmy. So. Interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. I do want to get back to that at some point. Some resolution there, I think, is warranted. I don't see. Oh, those bars are interesting over Kim. Mm. I noticed that before. It's like a reflection only on the right side too. Fucking just amazing. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. Yeah, I I trust Gilligan to to wrap it all up. I I, I think he'll nail the landing. You know, it's funny. We have so much confidence in him with this show. And yet, I think we both can agree that El Camino was sort of a dud. And it's just interesting that despite that, it doesn't really affect my opinion of of how I feel this show will end up. Mm -hmm. I wonder why that is. Despite the fact you don't want to see her eating right now, that uh, that is kind of making me hungry. So we found a, uh, a little sidebar, but in the neighborhood here, we found a Mexican place nice. that is uh, is actually pretty solid. Um, so we're happy about that. But... I judge a Mexican place by its steak taco and the rice. 
Pretty good rice. Didn't have the steak taco. I had a uh, chimmy last time I was there, but Ooh. I think we're going again this weekend, so I'll nice. hit that. It's one of those places where they've got two in the middle of it. They've got two. Uh, God, I don't. Even, I, I guess they're ovens for uh, making their own tortilla chips, and mm, mm-hmm. they're just like you know, if you want more tortilla chips, somebody comes by, they grab your basket, they go over, they just scoop them out of the oven. Like there's oh, thousands nice. of them. You know, that's how fresh they are. Fantastic. Hot, fresh, good shit. Good shit. I notice a lot of Mexican places, especially in my new neighborhood <clears throat> around here, they put the Mexican rice in the burrito, which typically you don't get, but I think it's mm. like the Chipotle effect. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm down with it. I'm, I don't get shit, but it's good stuff still. Yeah, I guess I'm all right with it if it's on the go. They actually got <laughs> this is totally off topic, but they actually got rid of one of my uh, my favorite burrito chain places. I don't know if you had them out by you, but Moe's. I always liked Moe's. Is that and, um, uh, like a that's like a full service restaurant, right? Is it like a no? Moe's so they're they're like a they're like a Chipotle kind of thing. Oh, okay. so there was like for a while there was a bunch of Chipotle. There's still a bunch of Chipotle, but then there was like Boloco. Mm-hmm. And Moe's, and I feel like one other one. And I thought Moe's had the best veggies overall, so I, I always like going there. But uh, closed them up. Unfortunate. Fucks. Hmm. So I keep up on a lot of the... Uh, drops for for series. Um, mainly, you know, I, I like to keep up on AMG and see what uh, what he's delivering on a weekly basis and sometimes day by day. And I've noticed recently that there seems to be a lot coming out from HBO. So much mm-hmm. so that they're starting to release episodes in clusters. Um, they did it with our flag means death. It was eight episodes, and all eight episodes were out within, I think, three or four weeks because they, they would release multiple episodes per week. Um, they're actually doing it now with the Michael Mann show, Tokyo Vice. Same thing. I had I no dropped... idea that was Michael Mann. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, oh, nice. I think, I think it was uh, three episodes the first week, two episodes last week, and I think they're dropping two more this week. And it's got me wondering why. Right now, Better Call Saul's doing it, two episode premiere. Mm-hmm. I think that these networks are starting to get inundated with their content to the point where they don't want to push it all out at the same time, and they're having to like double or triple up on episodes. Because I'm pretty sure Disney's got that new Obi Wan series. I think they're doing it too in 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 the first week. I think they're oh, dropping really? two episodes. Okay. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe we're getting to the point where, uh, you know, I don't want to say oversaturation, but definitely saturating the market for people's attention. And uh, well, I think HBO I Max definitely has oversaturated their series. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I was subscribed to them for a bit, and it was just fucking show after show after show, and it's like, this season's over. And I'm like, I've never even fucking heard of this. Right. And I, I wonder how much of that is trying to compete with the production fucking monster that is Netflix and mm-hmm. how much content they put out. Yeah. I'm sure that's part of it. Mm-hmm. But 
it's just interesting. Like, like Saul is obviously following a, you know, a relatively one a week framework. I think Disney plus kind of learned that lesson too a while back where, mm. you know, dropping a whole series all at once does not keep the conversation going the way that individual episode drops do. Um, which I'm, I'm fine with. I, I don't, you know, some stuff I, I, I would rather binge, but at the same time, it's kind of like, eh, you know, I can wait. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. It just it's it's an interesting trend. I wonder if it has to do with scheduling at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. trying to not completely oversaturate and dominate people's attention um, for a longer period of time, you know? and just stagger out all the different shows. Seems that way. Yeah. But I mean, this is AMC. I. I'm, I'm maybe not keeping up with all the AMC series that are out right now, but I don't think that there are a ton of them right now. Um, I think they've got like three different Walking Dead series, but I, I don't know what else they've got going on. Let's take a look. So again, trying to rack my brain here. Remember what conversations might have had at the end of last season. So I was curious how much of this plan was established beforehand um, with Nacho, or after he called, was this something that like Mike told him over the phone, "Go to this place." Yeah, well, <clears throat> that in the beginning of the episode, he takes yeah. that phone call. Yeah, and it's the other dude. It, it wasn't Mike on the phone; it was the other guy. And he's yeah, like, because yeah. yeah, um, Nacho was like, I don't know where I am. I don't know what the fuck is going on. He's like, just keep on going north and put your battery back in your phone in an hour and we'll call you. Yeah. But, you know, he didn't mention anything about a hotel or any, or a motel or anything. So I don't, I don't know what that was all about. I mean, I got to say, for rolling around in fucking dirt and blood and all, all that shit, that shirt is still looking pretty, pretty, pretty crisp. <laughs> you know, he keeps it tight. He keeps it just right. Damn. Yeah, one thing about this in Breaking Bad that I've noticed visually, even when things are, are bleak and they're in a, like a scuzzy environment or, you know, th low down and dirty, mm -hmm. whatever the spaces that they're in, it's, there's always like a, a level of fine detail. There's like a precision to the way that they, they do their production design. Like for instance, this is a small thing. But that curtain, right? Mm -hmm. That curtain in the window could look grubbier, right? It could look worse. It, it, I don't know how much time is put into something like this. 
But those curtains look like they are cheap, and mm-hmm. yet they they have like a I don't know like like a a precise kind of look to them. I, I don't know if I'm explaining myself well, but it's something that you see in Kubrick movies too. Like Kubrick is very good at even if he's showing something really ugly, making it look either be, like beautiful or high quality. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, like that's not an overlooked detail. Like it's definitely intentional that they pick those specific curtains. Exactly. Exactly. If you ever want to find yourself down a nice YouTube rabbit hole one night, Uh you pop an edible Uh and you search on YouTube marble run videos, (laughs) dude. You just will have yourself a fucking time. All right, I want to do it. I love me some. There are these assholes. There are these assholes out there. Okay, they go to a beach. They build a marble run on the beach out of sand. I and, and the best part is you. You know, you and Liz can sit there and you can bet on what color marble you think is going to win at the top. Oh, nice! It's, it's great. It's great. I'm telling I'm you. Down. <clears throat> All right, so I'm at AMC's website looking at their list of shows. Let's see, where are we at? Featured shows. We got Fear of the Walking Dead is still going on. Something called 61st Street. Oh, yeah. Um, is it Courtney Vance? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Let's see. Promising black high school athlete is swept up in the infamously corrupt Chicago criminal justice system. Taken by the police as a supposed gang member, Johnson finds himself and his lawyer, Franklin Roberts, in the eye of the storm as police and prosecutors seek revenge for the death of an officer during a drug bust gone wrong. Sounds like a laugh riot. Oh, I mean, we what do we have coming up this week? We have Barry's coming back, season three. Yeah, man. That's going to be cool. And what was the other one? Wait, doesn't We Own the City or We Own the City start? It's, if it's not this, this weekend, weekend, it's next week. I thought it was yeah. the 25th. Yep. That trailer looks really, really good. Can't wait for that. Yeah. You know, now, you and Tom both read that book, right? I have the audiobook. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Gotcha. <laughs> so. <laughs> As usual, the internet remains undefeated in terms of comedy. Yep. There's a comment on uh, on, on one of the threads about the uh, the episode. Uh, maybe about episode two, but it says, Those two guys in suits should re- really be careful around irate drivers. God forbid one of them gets run over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking, I, I don't know if Odenkirk really walks like that, but his, like, gait is so, like, like a fucking, he's like a doofus. It's like a goofy mm. kind of, like, walking gait. Yep. Um, okay, so this guy is, I, I'm sure it's not a cameo to anybody but me, but have you ever watched the series Review with Forrest McNeil? I don't think so. All right. Um, 
Actually, you know what? This is one you could put on your list. So it's a Comedy Central show. I don't know, two or three seasons. Um, this this uh, improv comedian Andy Daly, who you've seen in movies and shows, he's like a you know a little blonde dude with glasses. He's uh, he's pretty funny. And the idea of the show is that he just he'll go and review things, right? Like, um, going to an eyes wide shut sex party, you know, or trying to eat. Uh, more pancakes than anybody at the local Waffle House, shit like that. Um, did he did he do an guy, episode on trying cocaine? He did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I did see that one. That was, it was fucking funny. We just never re- finished yeah. it. Um, this guy is his producer on the show. Who who always like, you know, whenever Forrest goes to him with an idea, he's kind of like, well, I don't know if legally we could do that, and they just kind of like steamrolls him and does it anyways. But. Mm. I recognized him uh, due to the fact that he has multiple large moles around his oh, mouth. God. Area. Yeah, it's that's a problem right there. Yeah, that sucks. That's funny. I was watching another show earlier, and there was another character who had a mole like right on his left cheek, right where you got to shave, right. And my first mm-hmm. thought was, man, that sucks. But I got to think when I'm of age and I have the money for it, the first thing I'm doing is going to a dermatologist and asking them how much it is to get rid of that fucking thing. Your your profession is in front of a camera. Right. Come on. Get rid of those things. He's just like, no, nah, it's part of my like whole like character, you know. You know, it's it's uh, just an imperfect feature that I have on my face. Yeah, we'll fucking do something about it. You know, in the case of Freddie Mercury, he has a point because – there have been cases where people get their teeth fixed and mm-hmm. they can't sing yeah. in the same registers that they used to. Uh, when it's moles around your fucking mouth, I'm yeah. not sure that that argument holds a whole lot of weight. I can't act anymore because I have uh, the four moles that were around my mouth are fucking gone. <laughs> His agent drops them. He doesn't get any fucking work anymore. He's like, you were the mole guy, and now you're just every other actor. This guy. So AMC is doing a interview with a vampire series. I saw that. I want to see who's in this because I am a big fan of that book. okay it's gonna premiere in the fall this year let's see sam reed is set to star as lestat who's sam reed let's see i think gray worms in it from uh uh got they probably let him out. Oh, yeah, thing. yeah. He's he's playing Louie. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Louie's pretty much dickless in that fucking story, well, too. Good. That's a perfect example of one of those shows. I'm going to need two to three people I trust tell me to watch it. Mm-hmm. Take her, Louie, but do not doubt. You are a killer. It was in the trailer. Hmm. Oh, 
Oh, Jesus. Oh! <laughs> uh, all right, I'm not going to say that until we get to it, but there's a there's an incredible reference, visual reference, in the, I think in the next episode. Okay. Um, that we're going to have to... We're going to have to appreciate when it happens. Look at this. This is classic Saw right here. Mm. Classic Saw. Love these little... The little hijinks he gets up to. His cleverness. His creativity. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah, chew gum. That's what we want. Great. Oh, man. When I was a kid... God, I had to have been five years old. Had, yeah, it had to be at least... Couldn't have been older than seven, put it that way. I'm at my mm-hmm. grandparents' house. And I remember, I went, I used the toilet. I put way too much toilet paper in there. And I walked out, and I immediately went over to Granddad. And I was just like, Granddad, I, I, I think I clogged the toilet. I remember him walking in. He looks at the toilet. He sees it's almost going to overflow. It's just, it's just too much toilet paper. Mm-hmm. He grabs the plunger, he hands it to me, and he says, figure it out. And I'm like, and I just remember, just I, I don't know what to do with the plunger. And he goes, oh, okay. He walks to the kitchen, he comes back with two, uh, like, like elbow-length gloves. And he's like, there. <laughs> just walked away. <laughs> oh, God. I figured it out, but... It was a good lesson, though. I will give him that. Figured it out. Yeah, well. Somebody had to. Now they don't do like it doesn't look like they do like a talking saw or something. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that would be called. A talking saw. What do you mean? You know, like they do the talking dead. Oh. <laughs> talking bad. Talking. I mean, it's kind. Of, you've even said in the past, uh, or you've made reference to the fact that you know, like, uh, like Howard Stern has a has a wrap up like commentary show, right, or, or whatever. Yeah, it's like a whole culture. I I don't. I guess I'm just not plugged into. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. And then when all these AMC shows started getting their version of it, I, I was like, oh, that's. I, I'm kind of shocked that there's an audience for it. You know, it's just kind of new to me. But. I guess it's almost a pretty much like a video podcast in a lot of ways, right? Because it's the same conversations that, you know, review shows have or review podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, in fairness, a lot of conversations that we have on these commentaries and, and shows that we do. But I, I guess that's mm-hmm. the difference, right? It's like yeah. we are plugged into this podcast world. So those those things just feel redundant in a weird kind of way oh yeah yeah i can see it i, I can definitely see that yeah. with the only Plus exception it... being that they get the stars from the shows to come on and but then you know hardwick doesn't fucking really ask good questions so i didn't really watch that show a lot but the times that i did see it <clears throat> when i was watching the walking dead i was like eh, fuck this guy yeah Yeah, didn't that asshole get me too at some point too? So then, you know, they get all their eggs in his basket and Yeah, that was whatever. a really weird situation too. It was basically from I, I think like his ex girlfriend or something. Mm. And she was allegedly 
say it basically came down to what she was allegedly saying was that he didn't fucking pay any attention to her. Mm-hmm. And he was like hitting on other women and stuff like that. But yeah. well, good for them. Not buying the what is that? I'm not buying the the baby of the woods routine, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> they don't got things organized. I got things organized. <laughs> I got things organized out here. Oh, you know what I heard? I think it was on our favorite podcast. Uh, <laughs> for anybody who doesn't listen to it, this, this show, who are these podcasts? It's fucking insanity. Yeah, they just but roast other sure. podcasts, especially the, yeah, like, the really big ones. I'm pretty sure, though, on the show, somebody brought up, they were like, <laughs> somebody's like, oh my god, he does these impressions, you would swear it's the real oh, yeah, person. Yeah. I, love that. I love that drop. He does these impersonations. You would think it are the real people. Yeah, I know. They're, who are these podcasts? A big Opie and Anthony fans. And that's definitely a drop that Anthony would have on a soundboard. He would use that one all the time. So good. So Lalo's basically doing the whole thing of he was just cleaning his tracks, going to that those that couple's house right i think so he he wants yeah. to he wants to keep the story that he's dead he wants to yeah. keep that alive exactly <laughs> he's just like be nice yeah yeah <laughs> i love the confidence here i just i i love this performance he's so good he's awesome I hope that after this show's done, he just pops up everywhere. Like I, I want to see him in, uh, I want to see him in like a fucking Ridley Scott movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see him in uh, an HBO series. Let's see what he has going on. Oh, just this. Nothing in production. He lives in Laredo, Texas, or was born there. My uncle lives there. Very nice. That's a fucking mustache you can respect, too, you know? Oh. Mexicans have really good mustaches. You just totally pull it off. Well, they have some. I'm going to say some of them do. Yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) They also have the genetic predisposition, as as I also do, even though I don't have any Mexican heritage, where the middle of your fucking lip, you just can't get anything there. And so it's just on the sides, the corners of the mouth. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. So the (laughs) I'm not saying. I'm just saying. You know, that's true. That's true. But what you can do it if you're able to do it. Nine times out of ten, it, it looks pretty fucking good. Yeah. yeah. Another okay. thing that occurred to me when watching these two episodes was yeah. Hector does get the last laugh on Gus via Walter. Yeah. And it's it's incredible how much maneuvering Gus does to avoid all that. 
yes. beforehand. Like, 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 it's crazy that Hector at the end of the day does actually win, mm-hmm. despite everything. Yep, <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Because basically, a pissing contest between the both of them, right? Right. I love that fucking nonverbal Hector Salamanca talks Lalo down. Yeah. So good. Nice little callback to Breaking Bad. Mm. So remember that he calls the meeting with the F- with uh, the DEA with Hank. And they go in there. Yep. So they're going through the alphabet. He just po- basically tells them to go fuck off. <laughs> they're right. spelling everything out. He's like, okay, okay, we got it. He doesn't get that far. Like, yeah, yeah, I got it. Okay, all right. Flip phones. You know what? One of the uh, one of the only indicators in the show that uh, we're in a specific uh, point in time. Yeah, that's true. Done a pretty good job staying relatively timeless. Both of these series. Yeah, I mean, I think we mentioned it a lot. Like, what year does this take place? You know, like yeah. it's it's very seamless. It's like old, like you could tell it's before Breaking Bad, but you can't tell how much further before that first season it is. imagine traveling for fucking days for days I, 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 and you get to this point and they're just fucking shooting outside <laughs> oh, jesus oh i yeah I, I can't I, I can't even yeah if anybody's curious about like what that's like i recommend the film sin nombre which I mm. think might have won an Oscar. It is definitely nominated. But it, bas- it basically follows a family of three. Um, a dad, his like teenage daughter, she's like 13 or 14, I think, and her little brother. And they're traveling from Central America to the border, basically. And they're, the plan is to go to, I think, Jersey, which is where... Like her aunt lives or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're just dealing with fucking MS-13 gangs the entire time and, you know, running from the fucking federales and shit. It's, oh, man, it's 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 pretty, pretty fucking rough. But it's a great movie. I've heard about that one for years. Never sat down with it. Maybe I should move it up the list. All right. Here we one go. One down, one to go. One down, one to go. All right, we're doing the next season. We won't do that right now. How about we take a little break and then uh, yeah, that we sounds good. reconvene? I uh, refill is in order. So, all right.
Do you like smelling candles that remind you of theme park rides, theme park snacks, and theme park fun? You know, without all the sweaty, smelly children around? So do we. Go to ParkSense.com and save 20% off using the code BINGE20 at checkout. ParkSense.com has candles, room sprays, wax melts, and oils. If you like your room smelling like the E.T. ride at Universal, ParkSense is your man. Just go to ParkSense.com, buy some loot, and use the code BINGE20 at checkout for 20% off your entire order. That's BINGE20 at checkout for 20% off. ParkSense.com. Made by fans. For the fans. Use BINGE20 at checkout. Smell E.T.'s balls in your very own living room or wherever you're going to light E.T.'s balls at. Excellent. Okay. Uh, we are going to be doing the second episode now. We are about 36 seconds into our file. It is after the recap, fading to black, going into the episode itself. Again, we're about 36 seconds in. And same rules apply. Three, two, one, and go. We have play. There we go. All right. Three, two, one, and go. Okay. Now, what a mess! With, <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna I say mean, the same thing. Without, look at what happens when Nacho's not around. Bitches be crazy. So they need guidance. These hoes need guidance. Dude, dude just uh, look. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not trying to judge here, but there's a lot to say about that counter. But the thing that bothers me the most uh-huh. is that whatever that sandwich was, maybe it was ham. Motherfuckers using craft singles for the cheese. Get the mm-hmm. fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, what totally are we agree. doing? Totally agree. I like to go to, uh, I don't eat a lot of cheese these days, but when I do, you know, you go to the counter. I'd like to pick my thickness or my thinness of mm-hmm. a slice of cheese that I want. Mm-hmm. And white American. None of that yellow shit. I don't know. Fucking well, yellow down now, my cheese. Uh, hold on, well, you know, let's back it up here. You I mean, if I'm making burgers on the grill, mm-hmm. I will get the yellow cheese because it does. There is something there, you know. You're having an unholy concoction of bread, meat, and cheese. Yeah. So I'm okay with, I'm okay with it there, you know. All right. But if I'm having sandwich with some regular American, not that I do a ton because I'm more of a provolone guy, but if I do. Mm-hmm. Getting the sliced white American, like like a good American. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Tell that fucking bitch to chill. Chill out, anybody. Ladies, look at we had a fucking a marble run in the first episode. We got some dominoes. Now I have gone down a domino YouTube rabbit hole in the past. <laughs> All right. I right. uh, just never fuck with the marbles. I don't know. I like the tiles. I don't like circular things, apparently. I don't like spheres. No, well, you're about to, trust me. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've also uh, I've also been there. Uh, some intense domino runs. Yeah. Rube Goldberg machines. That's another great one. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Okay, so Usually. what I was mentioning earlier, or in the first episode, uh, about waiting to the second episode in terms of the music. Mm-hmm. I want you to, to – to, I, I want to see if you can pick up what I'm thinking once these bitches get out of the way and they get to work. All right? I'm going to turn the volume okay. up a little bit. Okay. I, was, I love that this dude is just like, yeah. He, those things are probably empty. He's probably like, just fucking get the fuck out of here. You won't like 
Here's your luggage. Crazy bitches. There is just a coldness with Mike where even these meth heads are like, it just sobers them up. Mm-hmm. All right, so mapping out Gus's plan. Right. All right, listen. Hold Mike, on. Mike, follow. Real quick. Real quick listen, oh, yeah, yeah. Last. Once the uh, beat starts kicking up. <clears throat> this is very casino like hole in the wall game. Tell me that this is not a fucking mission in GTA with the music and everything. <laughs> That is that is a GTA fucking score if I've ever heard one. Oh, it absolutely is. Oh, you know, one awesome. of your guys is fucking drilling. You got to go around the house to look for the highlighted thing. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Love it. Love it, dude. Um. So, oh, no. So, Gus's, Gus's plan, right? Gus so, Mike's yep. going to follow orders, okay? Mm-hmm. Mike's going to do what he's told. He's gonna voice his opinion, but if he doesn't win out, then he's not gonna he's not gonna fuss more than that, right? Mm-hmm. So Gus's plan at this point is plant another vault with the information leading to the motel Nacho's staying at. Okay, mm-hmm. I think Mike's play here is okay. I'm gonna get Nacho out of there before the wrong people find this information. Okay, so I didn't understand what was in that envelope in the envelope so nacho's id as well as his father's id are in here right and then the envelope so the mike, envelope mike was the number the to the motel yeah that was a great shot by the way because they were both in focus and then it just only his dad is in focus great fucking shot yeah So he keeps the dad's ID, transfers Mm -hmm. all this shit into the new safe, the decoy safe. Mm -hmm. And the envelope is the information. Yes. For the the motel. So so I think the the actual piece of paper, it says something about like Cayman Islands. I took it to mean it was bank statements for an offshore account, Mm -hmm. probably. Mm -hmm. And then the number on there is the number of the motel. Right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Victor's back. Mm. Good for him. Oh, man. Yeah, you saying that just makes me, uh, makes me want a new GTA game. It does. It's time. It's going to be 10 years next year. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. It's fucking stupid. And didn't they didn't Rockstar do a thing where 
they have a like a new do they have like a new GTA online for the next gens? But you can't port over your like progress or your character um, or something like that. It, it's fucked up. You know, actually my brother's the person to ask about oh, this. Oh, okay. So they have they have an upgraded next gen version of the game and for a certain amount of time you can buy the next gen game and then for free transfer your character over so that you won't be able to play on older gen GTA online mm-hmm. only next gen GTA online. Frankly, I don't give that much of a fuck anymore. Yeah, yeah, I'm waiting for the next one. Yeah, so yeah, totally. whatever. I'm not buying GTA five for the fourth time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we get a little Chicago accent and um, some nice. Oh, by the way, I was going to say, and some nice ASMR from fucking Kim eating <laughs> honey nut, but there was some nice ASMR with that marble run too. Oh, absolutely. Like going down the absolutely. track and everything. Real fucking cool. I wish I couldn't put food on the table. I didn't want to sue. But with family support, what choice did I have? Wait, who are you supposed to be again? Great, yeah, talk with Whatever. I, the backstory is go. just a placeholder. I'm going to polish the script once we cast. But a personal injury suit? Best case scenario, that gets them in with an associate. Mesothelioma. <clears throat> when I took that job at the shoe factory, I had no idea I was risking my life. No, I can't stop coughing. <laughs> right? Come on. There we go. Hey. A mesothelioma class. Very Chicago. <laughs> Caffing. Why don't you eat more, Kim? Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> She's I'm too good for this. I'm going to have a right now. She's too good for this. All right, so, so unfortunately, one thing. unfortunately oh, I watched this episode first. <laughs> um, this is my third time watching this fucking goddamn episode. Well, Last happens. night, a little out of sorts. Very tired, but I wanted to get this in. Yeah. And after I was done with it, I'm like, that that was good, but that seems like a huge jump. There was no fucking yeah. previously on. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck is going on? Um. And then when I went to go watch the second one, the first one kept on popping up as this is next in your queue. And I'm like, I've already fucking seen it, Plex. Do I get, you know, like I'm going, all right, let's update the app. Let's fucking do this. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. No, 100% user error on this one. <laughs> yeah, shit happens. Yeah. I, I was just going to say um, one thing that is pretty obvious in this episode is that Kim is almost better at being a slight like a sleaze ball than Jimmy is. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, she almost, she almost seems sees the angles. She sees the angles that he doesn't see. Which yeah. is always good in a partnership, right? Sure. You know, sure. there's um, you know, you only could see what you you can see. You know, the um that's what's good about having that other person, but she seems I mean, 
quite a few steps ahead of him. Not even just like in the legal profession, but even in the shadiness part too. So I found this interesting. So he's like, uh, how the fire start? And he's like, um, some of them might have been cooking. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And then Gus takes that little bit of information and is able to start making some moves. Mm-hmm. I've always found that interesting about Gus as a character. And the crew that he surrounds himself with, they don't have long conversations. Yeah. And I... I, I Again, it just plays to the mystery of fucking Gus Fring and why he's such a great villain. Like, the he, dude he's is able just to on extrapolate. It. Yeah, he's not, he, he extrapolates a lot off of a little bit of information. He's usually right. Yeah, that's that's a perfect way to put it. By the way, I fucking love the husband here. The, he's fucking. <laughs> he cracks me up. Yeah, you want to talk about all time cucks? This guy's on the list. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I love later when when Kim Kim comes in, and they're basically both of the guys are fucking cucks. Exactly, it becomes bad cop, bad cop, just <laughs> to varying degrees. This is a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I do recognize these two, but I just couldn't place what season they were from i'm pretty sure this was season one. Oh yeah yeah okay like i so i remember her because she was one of the main well one of the main villains in preacher mm-hmm. um i think though this was yeah this was pretty early on how do you feel about a fucking Turquoise bolo tie. I'm sure we've talked about this before. Um, all right. So, uh, <laughs> second granddad reference this episode, but he was a bit of a bolo man in his later years. Oh, nice. Uh, I don't know if I can pull it off. Reminds me too much of my Boy Scout days. Ah, I see. Yeah. The well, bolo was, was always the move because the uh, the neckerchief mm-hmm. you had to fold it a certain way. It had to be. You know, just so, and uh, frankly, wasn't my style. The bolo was uh, was the better choice, but now I have an association with bolos and you know, whittling sticks and building fires. So I don't know; it's not the worst thing, but it's just not uh, mm. it's not how I want to roll. Gotcha, gotcha. If I could ever come across it, I don't know if I ever will. But my seventh grade class photo was one of those where like. You are you have your arms on like a um, like podium thing, sure. And then you have like the fucking stars in the background, like real crazy early '90s <laughs> shit. Oh yeah. I have a if I can remember right, like a I would say a pretty fucking sweet quaff on my head, mm-hmm. a little mustache, some crazy us, and <laughs> a bolo tie course and it was crooked so i always hated that picture because it was crooked and i was just always like why didn't the fucking photographer say something god damn it i 
I hate this woman. She's ugh, she's the fucking worst. Yeah, that's a that's a great A Karen right there. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous that it's like Well, he went to jail for some fucking tax bullshit, which she was right along with him. Mm. But Saul's the bad one who Oh of course. Made her kids go to public school and whatnot. <laughs> I mean, this this actress definitely has a type because she basically plays a Karen in Preacher as well. So, <laughs> although she is responsible for so a little bit of a sidebar. Did, I can't remember. Did you watch Preacher? No, 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 no. I know Pete did. All right. So, um. Preacher was one of those shows where every every couple of episodes they just did something that was just pure imagination. Like you you didn't know it was on the table and then it happens and you just have a stupid smile on your face like that's eh, the best fucking thing I've ever seen. Hmm. There's a moment in an episode of Preacher, I can't remember what season. But basically, she's fighting the main uh woman, Ru- Ruth uh, Ruth Nagus character, right? Mm-hmm. And uh they're fighting, and this woman, she says, she says something like, uh, she's like, oh, fuck you, you know, and she, she, they're at the top of a cliff, she turns around, and she just jumps off the cliff, and you're like, what the fuck is she doing? And all of a sudden, the white suit that she's wearing, she just spreads her arms and legs out, and it's a wingsuit, and she flies away. And what the like, fuck? This is the best, man. <laughs> Okay, so I'm looking it up. Yeah, first episode, very first season, the very first episode of Saul, the Kettlemen show up in here, or show up in the uh, storyline. So, so one actor, I'm going to be very shocked if he if he isn't in this at all, because mm. we haven't seen him yet, and there's definitely been opportunity for him to pop up, but uh, we have not seen Bill Burr in this. At all. No, we haven't. We know he's working. He's mm-hmm. acting. He's doing a lot of stuff these days. Do I dare look up his IMDb? Nah, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. I don't do nah. That. One thing I really love about uh, Jimmy and, you know... Kim as well in this series. I love that the two of them are smart enough to read people and know exactly how these situations are gonna are gonna go. It's phenomenal. Right? I mean, it's it's their superpower. It's yeah, the absolutely. thing that makes them interesting. You know, a hundred percent. Totally agree. Like just street smarts up the wazoo. Hey, language. It's one thing I. Well. <laughs> The one thing I appreciate about uh, about my dad, you know, my dad is is not a he never has been like a book smart guy, but he he's always been street smarts. You know, he, oh, he knows people, mm-hmm. he knows how to read a room, he understands how to win a room, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. I mean, I definitely see aspects of of some of these conversations Jimmy has when he's when he's working somebody. I definitely see aspects of that in my dad. Yeah, that goes a long way, man. Yeah. And being street smart, too, isn't just about, like, being tough or anything. It's being able to move and maneuver in different groups 
and be right. able to get in and get out with, you know, with, you know, using your wits. Yeah. Like you said, reading the room, reading people. What a cheese dick business. Sweet Liberty Tax Services. You have a fucking vinyl sign that's bungee corded to your building that's painted like an American flag. What a douche. Mm-hmm. Well, they're bad news, right? They got the scarlet letter on them. Of course. That's probably the only place they can conduct business. Mm-hmm. Way out in the desert in a fucking trailer. <laughs> I'm not fired. It's a great jacket Jimmy's wearing. Good jacket. I'm 50-50 on the tie. I don't know about that pattern personally, but the color's not bad. Sweet Liberty. <laughs> Yeah, that jacket does. I don't think that goes with any of that. Yeah, that tie is super weird. Tie is just reminding me of a comic book, and I don't mm-hmm. know. It's not really working. I feel like that fucking tie spoiled something in a comic book that I gotta be wary of now. <laughs> God damn it! Fuck. This dude just fucking losing his mind. Hmm. So, putting yourself in Nacho's shoes, right? He's got to stay put, make sure if anybody comes through the door, they get iced. But otherwise, you don't got to move. Now, granted, you know, I'm sure it's getting warm in there. That sucks. But I could definitely lay low for, you know, a couple of weeks if I had to. Like, it, w- it wouldn't be ideal, but I could do it. I feel like Nacho here... It, Good performance, but I think his character is, is is a little hasty, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have have a seat, calm down a little bit. Now, now, granted, his suspicion ends up being warranted, and it is the one thing that saves him later. Mm-hmm. But right here, I imagine he's only a day in. Uh, you know, you get a phone. Maybe just call the lobby and say, "Hey, the AC's not working. Maybe mm-hmm. they have a replacement unit." You know. Let's tone it down a little is what I'm saying. Yeah, right? Like the intensity of... And who's to say that food is not being fucking poisoned? Right? I, he I just the same thing. He, yeah. he just immediately accepts it. Right. There's some weak-ass chicken tacos, bro. They are double tortillaed. Um, when you when you were talking about Nacho laying low, mm. it just reminded me there was a dude in my neighborhood whose nickname was Lalo, and his when he would tag up because he was part of a gang or whatever. When he would tag up, he his name that he would tag would be Lay Low. I'm like that's smooth. That's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, man. All right, so this fucking guy. This dude. Oh, man, dude. How low do you have to be to pick up a fucking used cigarette, light it up, and go about your day? Mm-hmm. Fuck me. Unless 
he was so drunk, he tossed that cigarette before, and he just remembered it. And he's like, well, this is my cigarette anyway. He was a man of principles is what I'm trying to say. I had not thought of that before, <laughs> and you may have a point. So, Yep, somebody in there, bro. You got issues. Dude, I can't wait for that fucking shot when he's fleeing the cousins. Mm. And it knocks the camera, like, to the side. Yes. Yes. It's fucking incredible. This would be a shitty GTA mission right here. (laughs) He's fucking watching somebody. Yeah. This cheese dick right here. Fucking... Ugh, and this <laughs> prepubescent intern. Trying to play two fucking chords, can't even get him down. Although his technique's not bad, his wrist is relatively straight. You got to give him that. Yeah. It's probably the straightest thing about him. I don't know. I don't even know what that doesn't even make sense. He <laughs> uh, got a chuckle. So he's got that. Uh, he's got the dentures thing. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. The interesting thing is he's had it pretty much his entire career. So. <laughs> Has he really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Ed Begley? Yeah, dude. Ed Begley Jr. For sure. Ed Begley pops up in all the Christopher Guest movies. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, what do I... One of my favorite scenes in Best in Show when Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara get to the hotel and they don't have a room reserved for them. Mm-hmm. So he's going to set them up in a uh, in a broom closet. And he's very matter-of-fact, dead serious. He comes in and he's like, yeah, we're going to – the place is full. He's like, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and get this mop out of here and remove some of these paper towels and uh, – you know some of these cleaning products. We'll get them, we'll get them right out of here before we're gonna roll some cots in and get you some blankets and some uh, you know some pillows and uh, yeah we've got a we've got a shared bathroom down in the lobby. You should be able to you know freshen up in there, no problem. Fucking David Sedaris looking motherfucker. Oh yeah. I love the fucking dentures. <laughs> My favorite one just my favorite one, speaking of Star Trek, was, uh, uh, what, I forget if it was the first Abrams one or the second one where Spock is like, when, when fucking Leonard Nimoy comes back, and he's like, oh, yeah, James C. Kirk, you have been and always will be my friend. It's fucking dentures. Love it. He had some terrible fucking teeth in the original series, and then I think... God, was it in season two? 
at some point there's just a noticeable jump. He goes from having these like jagged smoker's teeth to mm-hmm. like perfect pearly white replaced dentures of some kind. I just can't remember where it was. It might have been in the middle of a couple of the movies, but pick that thing back up. Big sit down. Okay. So there's a shot in here. And the scene? Yeah, we're mm-hmm. gonna we're gonna keep an eye out for it. I did not notice it the first time around. Oh. Um we're gonna let this play out and I'll I'll, I'll call it out when ready. Fucking Mark Margulis, who plays Hector. Amazing job. Amazing job with so little. He's good in everything. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he... uh, I remember him from... Well, pretty much most of the uh, early Aronofsky movies. I think he's in Pi. Mm -hmm. I know he's in The Fountain. I think he's got a small role in Requiem. The only thing that I have issue with with this whole situation. So Bolsa, who's the other guy, the bald dude, mm-hmm. says in when he first talks to Gus last episode, he mm-hmm. says something like, you know, it could be Colombians. It could be traitors. It could be traitors close to home. It's just it, it, to me, it just seems so obvious that it is Gus. And it's really it, it's really something that even Hector is like, we can't do anything without proof because he's such a mm-hmm. fucking hothead, you know? Yeah. I, I think I'd really have to map that out because I'm trying to think of what Bosa would know right now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what he's not privy to. Like, I, I feel like given what I know about the writers of this show so far... This is not a detail that they would have like added, right. like put in the story lightly, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. So here's the shot coming up. Watch when they shake hands. Okay. Damn. All right. It wasn't completely there, but when uh, when Hector was reaching his hand out, mm-hmm. he had half of Gus's face covered. Oh, nice. Good fucking call. Look at fucking Gus knows immediately. Yeah. It's like, why is this dude... So, like, he's the biggest hothead. He shot fucking my boyfriend in his head. He pissed all over the place. Right. <laughs> why isn't this dude going fucking ape shit? It's because fucking Lalo's still alive. Like, he just fucking knows it immediately. God damn it. You ever see those memes where it's like, explain a movie poorly? People mm-hmm. come up with like one sentence to call, say that like, you know, incestual twins uh, defeat their father in a, <laughs> like, you know, laser sword battle or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would want to see a plot synopsis where it's like, you know, uh, uh, God, how would you word it? It's like, after drug lord's boyfriend is shot in face and pissed on. <laughs> Just go from there. <laughs> 
Think about how used to tons and tons of money the Salamanca twins have been exposed to. You know what I mean? Because, mm. like, when they're going through the safe, they're just, like, tossing, like, bricks of money just like yeah, it's dude. fucking garbage to just get out of the way. Fucking great. So the nice little detail that I appreciate because these guys don't give a fuck about money. They're just after they they're after fucking Nacho. I was I, I mean, honestly, I had the same thought. But when it's Bosa, when he's going through the safe in a second, because he's just like tossing bricks behind him. And I'm like, dude, mm. one of those bricks could probably. Clean oh, shit. Out. You're right. Yeah, it is not the man. Salamanca twins. It's who who's here. This is Bosa's guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. That that that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Gotcha. But yeah, it's like, dude, I mean I could I could clear out student loan debt, uh <laughs> probably like pay off the house with another couple of those bricks. Like fucking buy a uh, fifth copy of GTA of GTA five. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that that's principles. Fuck that. <laughs> He's a Don in his own right, too. So, yeah. And we don't know where Nacho's dad is, right? Not right now, no. Okay. I want to say they were a little bit estranged. Yeah, because he. didn't he send him away and his dad was like, I'm like, I fucking live here. Why am I, you know? Like, Exa- I yeah. Here? Yeah. Okay. So this looks like a bank statement to me. It definitely is a bank statement. There's no names then, on it though. That's the thing. Yeah. Like I was, I, I had paused it to see if there was a name at the, like on the header or something, but I didn't see anything. It's great lighting right here. Mm-hmm. That looks like a fucking horror movie. Yeah, this would be a great setup for a GTA mission. So... You're in the, uh, you know, you're you're as the character, uh, you're, you're playing as the character that's watching Nacho. Yeah. You wake up like four hours after some gunfight happened, and you got to chase down this guy and find him. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I could I could uh, get into that in a new fucking game, Rockstar. <laughs> cunts, bunch of cunts. So here's a question for you. This might get into some uh, psychological stuff. Mm-hmm. In a show like this, I, I think there's a level of wish fulfillment for me when, when I'm watching this. And okay. I think what, what you were saying about Bosa like, tossing the money over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. I'm watching this and I think in the back of that, my head, I'm just like, yeah, it looks really good. Let me get some more of that right there. You know? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
But, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it, I think it's the thing that draws me to great crime stories in general. Like, being able to see that side of things that I, I'm never, I'm never going to be a part of in real life, you know? Sure, absolutely. Allegedly. He's just spinning his wheels. I mean, there, there's a legitimate, there's legitimately somebody staking him out. Like it just confirmed yeah. all of his paranoia and fears. He's right. So like that vindication, right? Like is, is a lot, you know, Yeah. but it does seem like he's, I, I agree with it. I think maybe he's just a little too tense and high strung or something. I, I'm on board with that up until this moment. Because here it's like, okay, it, yeah, I, somebody's watching me. I got to make a move. I got to do something, and yeah. you know what? He's he's justified because we see in a couple of minutes, like, he's right. He, yeah. If he didn't make that move, he's fucked. Yeah, I'm not um, waiting. I am not waiting. So remind me, that's this is Balsa's guy. I, uh, I think it is. I it's think... kind of unclear. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it could be uh, like Gus's guy. I really don't know. Because he does... like maybe Gus has an eye on him to make sure he doesn't leave before you know shit hits the fan. Kind See, of deal. I I thought that initially, but then the fucking truck appears like immediately. Yeah, I that could be coincidence. True, true. Like they could just be convenient timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he talks to Nacho, talks to one of Gus's guys on the phone, right? And then, yeah, because he's like, "Fucking stay there," blah 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 blah. And then this guy gets a call immediately. Immediately so afterwards, yeah. I th- I think it's a guy that Gus has in place mm-hmm. based off of that. That would make sense. I mean, it's a pretty unbelievable story to be like, I don't know who I work for. I'm just told to just watch you. Mm. You know, I work for fucking police. I work for cartels. I work for whoever's going to fucking pay me. I just watch people. Yep. It's, it's, it's really hard to buy. But you never know. Like that dude belongs at Robert Rodriguez movie. <laughs> we were talking about Desperado at work yesterday. I was in the office. We we're going back and forth with the uh, all the Steve Buscemi quotes from the first ten minutes of the movie. <laughs> 
No, man. The bartender, he got it worse of all. I think that movie still holds up. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember Once Upon a Time in Mexico being fucking incomprehensible. Uh, it it still is. <laughs> yeah. Because I did like, the, I remember I, just yeah, I did not the, understanding it. The Moreno game a few months ago. That's right. And that was one of the ones that I rewatched. Oh, man. Yeah, but that movie, I, I don't know. Last time I saw it, it didn't make any sense to me. I don't know whether or not it's got, uh, it makes sense now. Maybe I was too young, or maybe it's just a fucking dumb movie. No, it's a dumb movie. It's definitely a dumb movie. All right. All right. Fair. Fair. I'm not missing Let's anything. Move on. Uh, uh, another note on, you know, the Gilligan touch here. Cinematography is just fucking great. Just mm-hmm. great. I mean. Look at that single light coming in. Or that single so light good. source coming in from the from the side there it looks fucking awesome. I uh, I mean this will date the show a little bit. You know this because I've texted you off air, but uh, I've been watching the show uh, Dark, this Netflix thing, and mm-hmm. it's got a similar aesthetic to it in ter- in terms of the visuals because you get so spoiled to like the fucking never ending fire hose of content from Netflix, Amazon, and everything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Um, the stuff that actually has real good visual style to it stands out. And, um, you know, dark definitely stands out, but this, this also, yeah, not that we didn't talk about it before, but still just, uh, mm-hmm. it's good stuff. Now the whole aesthetic of Mexico, it, it, the color palette of scenes shot in Mexico is always like that sort of like burnt Sienna, mm-hmm. those oranges that like sand color, Yep. Um, I remember first recognizing that in the movie Traffic. Absolutely. Um, do you can you think of an earlier example of that? Because I, I I can't off the can. top of my head. I I, I want to say it was like ninety two, ninety three when I first went to Mexico. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Get off! You know, like you cross the border, everything changes. <laughs> it's like you put on some fucking tinted aviators on or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I I don't I look that was what 2002 I want to say traffic was I can't yeah, think of anything before that. that. I mean it's it's become a cliche now. I, I so many movies and TV shows have just made that the standard for mm-hmm. south of the border. What well, what's interesting um, too about it is Breaking Bad that first season didn't have any filters. On any of yeah. the different scenes or any of the different locations. That wasn't added until, like, the second season. Mm. That's John Woo motherfucker right here. That's right. It's funny. My niece's birthday was the other night. We're, uh, we're FaceTiming with her. She's opening up all her presents. She's mm-hmm. got, you know, she's like eight years old, so she's got a box full of fidget spinners and some, you know, some painting supplies, Sweet. things like that. Hell yeah. And she pulls out two... Green, clear green, dually pistol super soaker guns. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Andrea, you have dually pistols now. She's like, what does that mean? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to show you the world. Well, I don't think they do dually pistols in GTA, do they? No, no. Uh, absolutely should be an update for GTA 6. <laughs> Can we Dual wield weapons. Multiple times. 
fucking buy it multiple times. Oh, God. There's this, uh, I think it's still on Game Pass. It's called The Ascent. It's a, it's a shooter. It's isometric, so it looks like uh, Diablo. You know, yep. camera's up in the corner of the screen yep. kind of thing. Futuristic shooter. And the thing I really like about it is that you dual-wield all your weapons. So mm-hmm. you can have, like, rocket launcher in the left hand, machine gun in the right. That's and sweet. you have to manage, you know, the, the ammo for both. Mm-hmm. Um, be a great fucking addition to, uh, to GTA. Here's that great shot. Oh, that's interesting! Right through the window, so that must yeah, have been CGI. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I, that was the first time I noticed that. Yeah. Now those look like forty fives. Um, the way they shoot forty fives and and move, like if you ever shot a forty five. <laughs> yeah, that's got a little bit of kickback to it. Like, how, awesome. how fucking, I mean, did they have the camera on a little swivel platform or something? Because that was, like, too perfect for it to be an accident. Yeah. Really good stuff. That's fantastic. There you go. There's that color. That's my stuff right there. Nice guy. Oh, man. I got a wedding coming up in a couple of weeks. I, I don't know what the fuck the... Uh, the uh, groom picked out for the suit, but I had to go and get fitted for it. It's some, probably some gray, blue, whatever. Are you in the wedding party? Yeah, I, well, so this is an interesting thing. So my buddy's getting married. He was originally getting married before I was, but him and his wife were moving from Canada to America, mm-hmm. and then COVID happened, and it really caused a tailspin of like all the plans that they had. So they're finally getting back to it now. I was originally an usher, but from what I understand, the other usher in the wedding is no longer in the wedding, and they may have gotten away with the usher position, and I may just be a groomsman now. So oh, I don't really know. We'll find out when I get there, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but, now, first time I'm noticing the time machine on his side table there. Yeah, that was in the opening, too. It was in the opening in his fucking gaudy-ass mansion. Which is ironic for me, given that, uh, as previously stated, uh, watching the show Dark, which may or may not have something to do with that. The carrot in the stick. Very That's nice. So good. <laughs> All right, enough carrot. <laughs> <laughs> Great line by Ken. If my wife ever brings her fucking work laptop into bed and, and is doing work, she's getting tossed out. You want to work? Go to fucking go to the office. Also, a uh, real pet peeve of mine, because I, uh, you know, I'm a computer guy. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who throws the laptop on their bed mm-hmm. without some sort of book or uh, tray of some kind underneath it, y- you might as well just throw that laptop in the garbage because it's not going <laughs> to last. Like, what's wrong with you? I didn't know you had such hard feelings, strong opinions. Dude, fucking airflow is critical, not to mention the goddamn particulates coming off of the comforter directly into your fucking CPU and air intake. Come on. You're a particulate kind of guy. Jesus. Well, never believe it. 
Now, I wonder if I, Gus or his boy yeah. know that fucking Mike's boy is laying on him like this. Mm. Weird. Oh, shit. That's, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that. I assumed... I had assumed that he was there on the part of Gus with the intention of meeting somebody here, but then I never thought about it again during this whole scene. Huh. Because, so that was my, I, I, I just came to that resolution, but I, I, there's nobody else in this meeting. You know what I mean? Like they're not waiting for anybody else. Like the purpose of the meeting is for these three guys or just for Mike and Gus to talk. Yeah. So that's what gave me that idea. But then I was like, well, fucking sniper guy was with Victor, like moving in. But that doesn't necessarily mean that sniper guy is part of Gus's crew. You know, I don't, I don't fucking. I really like this moment where he drops the glass. It's just a very, it's, it's Gus, like Gus has his shit together. He doesn't drop glasses, you know, he doesn't forget that a glass is there, you know, like he's just fucking a little out of sorts. I like it. He's just got an ice cold reaction to it too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like we were talking about earlier, guys like Nacho for Gus, like these guys are expendable. Of course. You know, you. I'm sure for him it's like, well, you signed up for this game. You know, unless you have more value, you bring more value than just being a soldier and just being the person that we can tell what to do, then see you. It actually kind of opens the door to me to being a little more interested in where – where this ends up leading into Breaking Bad between Mike and Gus. Because the, in, the I don't know, assumption that I have in Breaking Bad is that these two are, you know, like the left hand and the right hand, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like there's no separation in terms of their belief structure or approach to solving an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that I think we see Mike enact that perspective, uh, you know, a lot. Especially yeah. in like seasons four and five. Yeah, yeah. This sort of suggests that there's a there's a conflict here, but I wonder if Mike is actually acting out of more self-preservation than we realize when we see him in Breaking Bad. Hmm. Man, I didn't think about that. I never considered that. Because he's the guy who just does his job. Right. And if there is any self-preservation, it's for you know his daughter-in-law and his granddaughter. Hmm. But he never involves that side into any of his business. Hmm. Yeah. I guess. I, yeah. I just never seen Mike as not saying you're wrong. I just, I, as like the self-preservation type, but he does, he does hold a lot of cards. I mean, if anything, and I don't know if this is exactly the way it goes, but if there's any arc for Gus to have before this series is over, I would probably lean in the direction of Gus learning that he needs to trust Mike with mm-hmm. a certain 
level, a certain aspect of the business. Mm-hmm. Like I could see, maybe this is exactly what they're doing, but this whole Nacho situation, let's say Gus takes him out, that may blow up more than if they went Mike's way. And then that sort of informs, okay, Mike is, Mike's in it to win it here kind mm. of thing. Yeah, I like that idea. Like operating almost like Gus is the CEO and Mike is like the COO. Right? He just handles all the operations, but there's both still yeah. uh, executive level kind of stuff. Like Gus is the ultimate boss, but right. I, I, yeah, I like that idea of Gus He's got to learn that, to delegate properly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He just yeah. can't do it all himself. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, look at that. What the fuck? I mean, <laughs> it's not mold, but it, I don't know. Dried sand on the side of that building or something? It's a hell of a color. I didn't notice that before. (laughs) I fucking love this guy. Uh, He's uh, so clueless. (laughs) Just cuck city right here. Oh, can you just fucking... (laughs) Can you just hear, like, the fucking alt-writers on... Reddit. They fucking ruined Better Call Saul. You know, you can't have the men handle stuff. You gotta have the fucking women cucking them right in front of each other. Fucking typical, bro. You can't even write a show without it being realistic anymore. All the while in... What is this fucking uh, State of Liberty or whatever? <laughs> I forget the name. Free Liberty or I don't know. Free, uh, uh, liberty, liberty Taxes? Maybe. Oh, yeah, whatever. something like that. Doing that in front of the American flag. How dare you. All right, so this pisses me off every once in a while, okay? You see Mm. something like this. This couple, all right? The wife is wearing a dress that has a pattern with animals and foxes and all kinds of shit on it, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Yet, I get shit if I put on a t-shirt that has a baby Yoda. What the fuck? You know? What the fuck? It's a good point, man. You should wear your baby Yoda shirt anytime you want. Look at those mushrooms. You know, this was a hypothetical, but now I'm thinking maybe I should buy one. I'd fucking have a whole baby Yoda pattern shirt. <laughs> fuck these people. That's right. Fuck them. Fuck them to you. They don't like it. Fuck them to the other you. You're the worst. Zero personal responsibility. Mm, of course. Zero accountability for being there. Ugh, shut up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love this dude, man. He's, he's great. <laughs> Yeah, so that uh, that shirt tie jacket combo, I'd wear that every fucking day, dude. It's pretty solid, pretty solid. Yeah, that color doesn't look good on me though, so I'm gonna stay away from it. I'll pull that off, no problem. Tax preparer 
<laughs> run down little mom and pop. fucking Saul like he wanted to handle it one way and he's still a little bit like he doesn't want to go too hard on him I think Mm. maybe not a complete transformation at this point Cracker to a time loser. What are we talking? A hundred? Two hundred? Dial nine to get out. <laughs> fucking Craig. I like the American flag wallpaper. That's a nice touch. Yeah, it's really good. They know their clientele. I mean, not really true to form. That's a lot of states, but yeah, I get the sentiment that they're going with. <laughs> it's a lot of fucking states. I mean, yeah, you know, it's, uh, some liberties were taken. <laughs> Look at Craig. How <laughs> cocked out he is. Shriveling before our eyes. So, logistics here. Mm-hmm. Was the intent the whole intent of this scheme was to sow doubt in Ed Begley's mind about Howard having a drug problem, right? Like that's all that this was. I'm guessing to prevent the merger, right? Yeah, between the so, two firms. So this is their way of going back and cleaning that up. Now, my question is, was Kim acting with facts or did she extrapolate some bullshit based off of what, based off the fact that she knew that the two of them wouldn't actually do due diligence and be able to prove that they didn't actually commit tax fraud again? Mm. I don't know definitively which is the truth here. I don't know if it matters that much, but mm-hmm. it is curious. Ooh, get money now. Arrow pointing to Kim's head. What? <laughs> Wolves and sheep. Wah. That comes from a couple ep- couple seasons ago. That's what Wah. the guy told Jimmy when uh, the guy who was shaking down Jimmy's dad's store told him that. Mm. Wolves and sheep. Yeah, I don't okay, so. uh, The So... Jimmy's initial thing is that we could sue Hamlin, right? We can sue Howard I Hamlin. I think so. And who is that Mike? Is this Mike's car? Okay, so I don't think it's Mike, but I think he is one of three options, right? Okay. Let's hear it. I think number one option is probably Lalo. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Number two... I would guess Mike or somebody connected to Mike. And number three, 
I think it could be somebody investigating Jimmy on the part of like the district attorney's office. Mm, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Based off of um, you know, his his conversation about defending Lala when he when he slipped up. He said like Lalo, I mean, Mr. Uh, Gutierrez, or whatever whatever his name was. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll find out next time. So. I like it. I like it. All right. And we commence the season premiere in the second episode of the sixth season. Mm-hmm. Commentary. I think it was the first time we've done a back-to-back. I think so. We, uh, we, we can bake this bitch. Yeah, so. we did. Yeah, we did. All right, everybody. Uh, 708-406-9546. Give the boys a call on the bench cast. Ask them, you know, what their thoughts of the season premiere of Better Call Saul is. Uh, mm. Yeah, all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and, of course, Patreon.com slash BingeMedia if you want to support the channel. All right. Uh, until next yeah. time, we're going to get the fuck out of here. Peace. You've been listening to the Binge Media Podcast Network at BingeMedia.net. Support the show by donating on Patreon at Patreon.com slash BingeMedia. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And don't forget... Shut up! I'm wasted. But first, coffee.